Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. The name of this book is Secret Chapter 22. Man, my doors. Hey, you guys, we are like literally trying to get you this book read as quickly as we can. And our goal tonight is how many chapters? Five. Five. But Peyton has a little issue with falling asleep on us. And if Peyton falls asleep, it's freaking creepy. Because I'm an adult and I can't be reading by myself. It's like, no, I'm, no, no, I'm tapping you're, out no, if you You're asleep. the one who fell asleep. Oh, yeah. Okay, chapter 22. Cass opened her eyes with a jolt. She was still on the massage table, but uncertain how much time had passed. What happened? Had she been hypnotized? What did she say to Dr. L? Had she told them who she was? Alarmed, she pushed herself up and looked around. She seemed to be alone. No one was there. No, there was Owen entering the room. How did he always know? He greeted her as though nothing were different. She must have not given herself away after all. Cass was relieved, so she almost laughed out loud. By now, she had seen most of the spa, with no one, with n- notable exception. Oh, with one notable exception. After Cass had dressed, she asked Owen what was inside the pyramid. Nothing. Okay, what are you doing here? Creeping me out. Put that down. Um, what's inside the pyramid? Nothing, he said quickly. Just a lot of rocks. I wouldn't go in there. She shrugged agreeably, but of course his answer had only increased her curiosity, and this time she vowed she wouldn't be so easily derailed. <clears throat> Yawning, she told Owen that she was tired after all of her treatment treatments, which was true, and that she needed to rest, which was also true. She said that she could find her way back to her room without him. True, too. So why didn't he take the bait now, to take a break now and check on her later? She was going to go take a short nap. False. I don't know. I'm not really supposed to. You're my butler, right? Aren't you supposed to do whatever I say? He nodded. Well, then I'm ordering you to go relax. But if I go relax, I won't be around to follow your orders, will I? Cass looked at him to see if he was serious. He smiled. They both laughed, and suddenly Cass felt n- not only she blah. Cass felt she not only had a butler, she had a friend. It was on this trip of her. It was on the tip of her tongue to tell Owen why she was at the spa. Did he know about Dr. L and Miss Mobius, she wondered? Could he possibly be as evil as they? She didn't think so, but she decided it was better not to risk anything. I wouldn't say anything either. The way back to the room was through the hot pools, so Cass went in that direction in case Owen was watching. She figured she'd change a, change course as soon as she was hit by the stream. Just as she was about to veer off towards the pyramid, she heard a loud sigh and nearly slipped on the wet floor. She peered down at the pool. In front of her was a woman floating on her back, her round pink face bobbing in and out of the bubbling water as if she were simmering in a giant pot of soup. It was Gloria Fortune, the real estate agent from the, of the dead. What was she doing there? Earlier, Cass had feathered Gloria might have joined her clients in the afterlife, but under the circumstances, stumbling upon her alive 
was most more alarming than stumbling upon a corpse. If Gloria recognized her, it would be all over. Luckily, Gloria's eyes were closed. Cass backed up quickly and as quietly as she should. There was no time to lose. At any moment, Gloria could pop up again, and this time her eyes could be open and identify Cass. She had to find Benjamin and get out of that spa right away. The night before, the lamp on the top of the pyramid had shined so brightly that it could have been daytime. Now, late in the afternoon, the lamp was dim. Its flame a bare flicker, and the spa was in the shadows, so dark it could only dark could only be coming. It was as if the spa exhausted its own alternative time zone in defiance of the laws of physical universe. The shadows allowed Cass to cross open the courtyard in a relatively in in relative safety. But when she reached the reflecting pole that surrounded the pyramid, she had to step out into the open. The reflecting pole, she now realized, was no pool at all. It was a moat, and the drawbridge was standing upright, blocking the entrance to the pyramid. Her only hope was to get in, to get inside was to find an underground passage where she would pa where where would the passage let out? Cass wondered if there was if there was one from the back of the pyramid. She traced an imaginary line nearest the building, and she marked the spot most likely to hide an interest in the underground. As it turned out, the building was one of the few Cass had not entered yet. Like the others, it was, it was designed very simply around a single central corridor that stretched from one end to the other. But here, the atmosphere was... Gotta be, you're going to be making noise. Hold on. You guys might hear some noise. But out here, the atmosphere is subtly more luxurious. Along the narrow, rich, embroidered rug, such as uh, wait, embroidered rug, such as you might find in a throne room, lay atop a stone floor, intimidating to step on. Nonetheless, Cass allowed Cass oh, no, nonetheless allowed Cass to walk the length of the corridor in silence. She must have passed a half dozen doors, all closed and all painted a deep royal blue, before she saw the one that she wanted. In contrast to the other doors, it was covered in gleaming gold leaf, and it had been left ever so slightly ajar. She put her ear against the door, but didn't hear anything. Dare she? She had to. It was her only chance. Cass cracked the door and then stepped in and then stepped back in fright. Behind, the room behind the door was occupied by hundreds of people. Or was it? She looked again and the room was empty, save for hundreds of reflections of herself. Nervously, she entered. The mirrored panels covered the walls, all uh, as well as the ceiling, and the illusion of an infinity-expanding space. Even the marble floor had been polished to reflective sheen. A giant octopus-like chandelier, Cass's grandfathers would have had, would have identified it as a Vietnam, a Venetian glass, hung from the ceiling and was reflected in many different mirrors, so that it seemed to be re replicating in all directions. A long, backless couch upholstered in golden silk, Cass's grandfathers would have called it a daybed, and noted that it was in a Neapolitanic style and a small desk in silver completed the picture. Cass immediately recognized the room for what it was, the private office of Mrs. Mobius. But cold, but decaptively glamorous like the woman herself. 
but one could easily have imagined her sitting there for hours a day gazing at herself in the mirror after after the next after the next after the next or young heroine however had no time for lingering she tiptoed across the marble examining the examining it for the telltale cracks or seams she thought there might be a hatch door on the floor until she found herself butting up against one of the mirrored panels startled more than once by her own reflection multiplied over and over her ears seemed to grow larger and larger are you looking for me miss skelton a familiar chill descending descended on Cass and miss mobius reflections make that reflections appeared beside her she was caught what should she do what could she do slowly Cass turned around she half hoped that she wouldn't find anyone that blonde barbie-esque woman in the mirror was nothing but a mirage but she was all too real and as fake as ever i'm miss mobius forgive me for not introducing myself earlier today i trust the midnight sun was everything that you hoped Cass grimaced involuntarily, her heart thumping. She told herself, Oh, you're already closing your eyes? Mm-mm. We're supposed to be doing five chapters. We're Actually, on one. I'm not closing oh, okay. my eyes. She told herself to say something, say anything, but nothing came out. You know, I couldn't help but noticing the way you were looking at yourself a moment ago, continues her hostess. Of course, we do offer makeovers. We thought that you were more the natural type. Here, let me see. She lifted Cass's head with a gloved hand and examined her young guest from all sides. If you like, we can do something about it. About what? Asked Cass, finally finding her voice. About your ears. We can fix them. My ears? Perhaps Cass thought if they talked about her ears, Miss Mobius wouldn't question again why she was in the office. Yes, I thought they were bothering you. They do rather stick out. What do you mean? How could you fix them? Cass gently tried to pull her head away, but Miss Mobius wouldn't let her go. Among my many talent, among his many talents, Doctor L is a very gifted plastic surgeon. You mean you would operate on them? Cass examined in obvious horror, remembering too late that the Skelton sisters might have had different reactions to to the prospect of plastic surgery. Well, there's only so much makeup can do, observed Miss Mobius, and the last thing Cass's head. The, and at last releasing Cass's head from her hands don't worry he has a light touch he never leaves any scars he's an artist here what do you think of mine she gathered up her blonde hair and tilted her neck exposing her ears for Cass to inspect every year he works on them they're like sculptures that never that are never quite finished he says he won't be done until I have the most exquisite ears in the world the way she said that Cass could tell Miss Mobius thought her ears were already something special. In truth, Cass couldn't remember ever seeing them any more perfect. Just think what he could do with a beautiful young girl like you. Should she have her ears worked on? Cass never considered it, but the idea of not being teased anymore was very appealing, and Miss Mobius made it look sound so easy. Your mother doesn't have ears like you, does she? Wouldn't you like to be more like her? How do you know? You haven't met her. Have you? Cass momentarily, momentarily unsure whether they were talking about the skeleton sister's mother or her own. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. He might be in the in the garage. Yeah. 
Um, no, of course not, Miss Mobius laughed. I just thought, well, she just got married, didn't she? And what man would marry a woman with ears like yours? That's not very nice. Suddenly, Cass could feel herself burning with shame and anger and deep sort of hatred. She was certain her ears had never been so red, but Miss Mobius appeared not to notice. Well, you don't have to decide now. Come. She grasped Cass by the arm, making it impossible for her to even think about looking for Miss for Benjamin. It's almost time for dinner, and we have a surprise guest this evening. Ooh, who do you think the surprise guest is? Benjamin. <gasps> Shut up! Seriously? How freaking creepy would that be? Oh my gosh. All right, let's see. <laughs> 